welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your hosts, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, we are almost done with the year. Can you believe that already? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. We're filming this, what, on the 6th of December? 6th of December. So we figured we might as well get our end of the year stuff done. Yeah. Which we've been meaning to do for a while. Now, of course, in the future episodes, this might change. Yeah. But what we each picked was eight games that were, like, the best of the year so far. We It took us a long while. You and me was like, all right, this might be a contender, might be a contender. And we jotted down, I jotted down a pretty massive list myself. I have 27 games on my short list. Yeah. Yeah, I had 24 total, so, what, 16? So I guess I was a little more yeah. calm about it. But really, I mean, the, and again, this can change because this we still have about a month left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and in fact... Um... The games I'm going to be talking about, what we've, what I've played lately, I didn't include in this list, even though all four of them are new to me. Right. And same with mine. I, I actually had one that I played recently that I know would already hit my list, mm-hmm. and so I took it off just so I could talk about other games. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know. I think maybe one, maybe two of the one I'm going to talk about today would probably end up on this list for me. Um, but the thing is, is like one of them I want to play more. Yeah. And the other one is, I know I like it, but do I like it over these other eight that I have on here? In fact, most of the games on my shortlist, because we made it to where it's new to us. So that could be something from 2013, if it was the first time we've played it. Right. And I had a few on my shortlist, but they didn't actually make it on my big list. Uh, I think the oldest game I have here, maybe 2019, as stuff falls on my desk. I'm curious about one of mine. I think it's quite old, probably like five or six years at least. It, it's not new by any sense, and that's my number eight, but I'll talk about that. Um, everything else is, seems to be pretty new. As you can see, we're getting in the holiday spirit yeah. above uh, or over our shoulder. I'm in green today. That's right. And I got I a Christmas in... tree getting eaten by Sasquatch. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even the, the texture patterns are quite similar, too, on these. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm for the colorblind folk. I'm in gray. I'm in green. A green yeah. that I can actually see. Yeah, one of the few. <laughs> one of the few. <laughs> no, that's great. Well, I mean, I don't think there's too much to belabor it other than jumping right in. But before we do, uh-huh. Daniel, what have you been playing lately? Oh, that's weird. Uh, haven't been playing much lately. Same reason why we haven't been recording. There has been a bunch of sickness in my house, a little bit in your house. Yep. Um, we were going to play last week, but your wife got sick. Both me and my wife got sick. So, yep. yeah, th- yep. these games are probably a couple weeks old now. <laughs> I think right. it was around Thanksgiving when I played most of these. Exactly. I th- actually, two of these were played the day before Thanksgiving, and two of these were played the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So... Yeah, that's not new. (laughs) That's not new. So let's not belabor it. Let's go ahead and go with my first pick here. Um, And it's actually the game I did not like. And I'm sad to say I didn't like it because I love the other game that's in this style called Raccoon Tycoon. Oh, yeah. I I love that game. I enjoy the mess out of it. And then I heard there's another version of it that's more gamery, I guess you could say. And it's called Lizard Wizard. And I... It's fine. It's a it's a good game. Some people may like it, but I don't like it more than Raccoon Tycoon. It does everything Raccoon Tycoon does, but more convoluted. Okay. So you have a convolution. You have your economic track, which is pretty much the same. Whereas uh, instead of like uh, raising the prices of some of the stuff, it's more you get mana points on it. You have two different um, pays. 
You have mana points and you have actual gold. Okay. Uh, gold mainly can help you with one section, but it's also just mainly for points at the end of the game. Mana doesn't okay. really give you anything. Other than it allows you to buy towers, wizards, helping you get them over to your thing. So what's going to happen is you do the same thing for like de- economic purses. There's like six actions you can take. One of them is to gain resources and raise the price of other resources. The second one is sell resources to gain mana points. Next, you go to you can buy a tower. Which will help you, will increase your supply because mm-hmm. you can only hold 10 unless you get a tower and then you get to hold another one. And it gives you more points uh, depending on your, because uh, there's like seven arcane magic schools and so the towers are tied to one of those schools. You can pay for a wizard uh, and it kind of works the same way as when you're trying to get like sets of certain uh, like top dog or railroad barons and stuff like that. Whereas you're, you're, you start an auction for the wizard. Sort of like Raccoon Raccoon Tycoon. Again, Mm -hmm. part of the schools. Then you also have spells that you can research, buy them, put them face down, and then when you buy that spell, you can actually, if you have the resources, put it it in play, and it can be something that helps you throughout the game, or it's got something for one-time use, and also gives you points at the end of the game. And I haven't got to the scoring yet, and that's where it gets really convoluted. And then the newest thing that they added, um, there's another part where you can get familiars that gives you, once you buy a familiar, you get so many options that you can do. There's four things that you you can do automatically wipe the spell board, get a new spell board, uh, and then out of the four new ones that come up, you get to keep one of them, mm-hmm. put it face down. This way, later on, you can pay for the resources to buy it. Okay. Gain resources or gold based on the school that it is. If you have a tower and a wizard, that matches it or any or spell because the spells match it too. And then another part of that one is it allows you to do the little push your luck aspect of the game where you delve through the dungeon. If you get two monsters, you lose. So okay. you get hit twice, that's it. Sometimes you'll have a spell that protects you. Other times you'll have a spell, if it's like the Necromancer, it can, uh, anytime you have an undead creature, they don't hit you and you actually get to keep them. And for every undead creature you have, it's like three points. Oh, okay. All that sounds really cool. However, the in-game trigger is you have to deplete one of the decks and they're not small decks at all. You can make them smaller by taking out like the the more take thatty, but it's not much. I think it's like seven, eight, nine cards out of one of the decks. Yeah, <laughs> and I then, take that fine. So it's it's longer than Raccoon Tycoon. Raccoon Tycoon is pretty much long. Uh, like if you know how to play it, you could probably get it in about an hour. This one we didn't get to the end game. We just decided to call it after two hours. Oh, I gotcha. And because we weren't anywhere near depleting one of those decks, and like I'm trying to push uh, the spells out, I'm trying to people are trying to buy towers to get that lower. But like when tower comes up, only one card flips. When a wizard comes up, only one card flips because you always have two on the board. So when you buy one, only one new one comes on the board. Gotcha. The only one that you can actually deplete is spells, but you have to go to the familiars, buy a familiar, deplete the spells, grab a new one. Okay. And, but the spell deck is the largest deck. Oh. Huh. <laughs> so, and then you get into the final scoring, which is ridiculous. No. So you score five points for every tower wizard pair that are not of the same school. Ten points if they're the same school. Uh, then it's like additional points for every wizard or tower that is not uh, tied to a tower, or wizard tied to a tower or something like that. They're just like a point each by themselves. But then, if you have spells and you have a wizard and tower go together, they're worth five points for every time for a spell of that school. 
So if I'm okay. a necromancer and I got a necromancer wizard and a necromancer tower, I want to start collecting necromancer spells because they're worth five points okay. if those are connected together. But the the fact of the matter is, I had a necromancer wizard and it was a cool wizard, but I couldn't get a tower because by the time it came to my turn, the necromancer towers were taken. Yeah. And so I could never get it. So it was very lucky. It was very in the convoluted scoring, like I said. Whereas, okay, if you get gold, that's victory points, but you, you're, you're buying mana points yeah. to buy all these other stuff. Tiebreaker is really all it is. And in fact, I think it's like the second tiebreaker because the first tiebreaker is resources. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's very Ooh. convoluted. It takes too long. And Raccoon Tycoon does everything it does simpler, even though this is the second game. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes they try to shake it up, and yeah. it doesn't always work. I've had a few of those games. So it just it makes me wonder if I do like Lindrop, because I love Raccoon Tycoon, and I was thinking about going into the Mosaic um, Kickstarter. Right. I backed out of it just because uh, Christmas was coming around the corner, and I didn't want to spend 100 especially after playing like something like Lizard Wizard, and I'd be like, right. I don't know if I want to spend $130, and that's just for the basic the Kickstarter stuff, mm-hmm. uh, not the three hundred dollars that it was that they were selling it for. I'm like, yeah. because I love Civ games, but I don't know how long that would get paid. I don't want to pay three hundred. And out of the two games I played for Forbidden something, Forbidden forget, games, Forbidden games, yeah. I've only like half of them. <laughs> and so, I, did they make Dungeon Party the one where it's I like think a so? But I've never played it. Yeah, that's garbage. Honestly, <laughs> it's one of the worst games. So it's, it's just like, like quarters meets, you know, yeah. So it's just like, I don't know if I want to spend that kind of money because I don't know how I'm going to feel about it, especially since I have what people believe is the best Civilization game in Through the Ages. Right. And that one was was neat. It's long, but yeah. Yeah, it was was fun though. All right. The first one I wanted to talk about was a game that I just got recently, which um, would be a very difficult game for you and I. It's called Yummy Yummy Monster Tummy. And that's the um, that's the one that's that you scan. Yeah, it's the yeah. uh, Lucky Duck. Yep, Lucky Duck. You have a monster that comes up, and he's they're friendly monsters. You know, they're fine. They just want to eat random stuff. Mm-hmm. So they come up to you, and the monster themselves are a certain color. So they might be like a kind of like a, te- a faded teal or something yep. like that. And you look at your cards that are dealt to everybody randomly, and you all have to play a card. And those colors are going to combine, mm-hmm. and the closer you are to the color of the monster, the the more points it's worth. Well, that's interesting. And so it is cooperative uh, on the story mode. There's also, I believe, party mode, which is whoever gets closer to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it's straight up silly, <laughs> and it's ridiculous. It's not that great. Like, I mean, it's fine. Um, we had fun playing it, but there's some cards that are like candy that are just a wild. They automatically match the color. Um, so if you're if you're playing two players, all your opponent has to or your fellow player has to do is play something that's pretty similar. Um, three players is a little more difficult, and four um, again same thing. Uh, they did play it three. It works pretty well. The scanning works really well because there's a QR code on the back of the card, so you literally hold it above it and you see the item going there. Okay. But there's also items with vitamins. <laughs> Um, there's four different, like, levels, or four different, like, scenarios, in a way. Mm-hmm. You just play, play like, the storyline. Um, we were just playing the Attic. We were playing the first one. 
And these cards with vitamins on them, they look like water drops. And it's all like human food. It'll be like vegetables, like avocados <laughs> and pickles and stuff. Avocados would kill me. Yeah. And you feed it to them, and then they start getting mad when you feed them vitamins. And there's another buffer zone where you can't give them another vitamin. Because they're like, stop feeding me healthy stuff. And then so it's like, all right, fine. Here's a vinyl record and a, ra- and a rocking horse. Fine. Eat it. <laughs> it's silly. It's good. It's funny. Um, works really well with kids. We played it a couple times at the night. And, uh, yeah, just overall, silly little game. And it's like 16 bucks. It's not expensive. That's not too so, bad. So, Yummy Yummy Monster Tummy by Lucky Duck. All right, so the next game I'm going to talk about we played, I think, before Lizard Wizard. I've never even heard of this game. Uh, a friend of mine, she was, she's a therapist, so she was in a conference in St. Louis, and they had a, kind of like a little convention there. And they had games for sale on a table. And so she looked into it. She asked me, like, do I know anything about this game? I'm like, no, I've never even heard of it. So she bought it because they described it to her. So she brought it and we played it that night. And this one's called Meeple Party. I have heard of Meeple Party. It yes. is. I, I actually really enjoyed it. It's, it's a, the one where, like, giant meeples are on the cover and it's super colorful, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, so uh, I've heard of that. It, it's really interesting what it is. It's a co-op bag pulling game. You're all a player color, um, basically roommates, but everybody's on in the house, mm-hmm. and they all have different abilities. So, like me, my character, because I always play the yellow, hence the meeple up there, mm-hmm. is um, the wallflower. So it only wants to draw a little bit of people in the room, not a lot of people. Where there's right. like your party animal and your jerks and your flirts and stuff like that, and so what you have to use it smartly because if you want, you want to do photograph opportunities, so there's certain things that you want to do, but you want to make sure you also don't have your negative thing because if you get too much stress, you um, basically if all roommates of the player or that are playing get three stresses each, the game's over. So oh, basically okay. you have to take, if you're playing a four-player, it's 12 stresses. If you're playing two-player, it's six stresses. So it's easier, more players. That makes sense. But, uh, like I said, the the because there's no in-game scenario unless all four get it. So we could keep playing if someone takes all the stress. Okay. So it's kind of eh, finagly. There wasn't really anything in the role about that. But everything else about it was fine. Because what happens is you pull a character out of the bag... And then, oh, you have to. There's also a time limit, so you have to do it within. If you're, we played like a 12 hour party. So that's a really every long time, game. Well, where every time you gain a photo, you move the clock one hour. Oh, and so okay. you have to meet so many photos before time runs out. I see. Okay. So sometimes you can get like a double shot photo in one opportunity on your turn. So there's a lot of finagling on it. But my favorite part is that when you pull a meeple out of the thing. And you put it on the board, it either pushes things away or draws things in. And you're like, okay, well, I need like eight people in this one. Why are you moving them away from this room? Because I need eight here or no one in here and eight in the adjacent room. And so it just kept happening that way. Uh, or a flirt would pull someone in. And I'm like, don't take that away from me. I was this close to getting my photo. That's funny. It, it was really good times. Um, all in all, I wouldn't say I... Um, would buy it myself. It's a fine game. Like I said, the rule book is a little f- uh, finagle. Uh, some things don't really make too much sense to me, like how you're supposed to get 18 photos in 12 hours properly. But like, like I said, you can get a double shot. Sometimes you get rewards uh, based where the clock goes. You get a little extra yeah. meeples and stuff like that. So 
Oh no, not too bad. I really, really enjoyed it though. It was fun. It was better than Lizard Wizard. That is Meeple Party. Well, based on what you've explained, yeah, it sounds like. It. <laughs> so there was a quick little card game that I bought called Mantis from Target. Um, it was on the Black Friday sale, so I decided to pick it up because it was only like ten bucks or something, really inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think it's about that. It's from the makers of Exploding Kittens, and so I know at first I'm like, seen the cover. Yeah, at first I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. Yeah. But the reason I ended up buying it is because I had seen that on Board Game Geek before, and Ken Gruel is one of the designers, and he's made um, uh, he made Happy Salmon, okay. Bluff and Ear. Now, um, now I and, you and now he's about starting it. to get more and more games. So I'm like, okay, you know, because of his name being attached to it, I'll give it a shot. And so the way the game works is very simple. There's seven different colors of mantises on the mm-hmm. cards. You shuffle up the whole deck. Everyone starts with four. Okay. Um. You are trying to be the first player to score 10 cards, 10 mantises. Okay. Um, you lay out the ones face up in front of you, and on the backs of the cards, what makes it so different is that they show three different colors on the back. Okay. That means that your that the mantis on the front of it is one of those three colors. So it might say blue, purple, and green. On your turn, you have one or two choices. You could either uh, try to score, where you where you flip over the top card... And any meeple or any of your mantises that match that one color, mm-hmm. including that one, get put into your score pile. Okay. Unless you don't have that color, then it just goes face up in front of you. Alright. Or you could try to steal. Where if you see anybody else with that color, okay. you could say, I'm gonna steal from you, flip it over, and if they have the mantis of that color, yeah. you get to take all of those mantises from them and put it in front of you in your tank. Available for other people to steal, but not always possible. Okay. However, if they don't have a mantis of the color, let's say it's blue, purple, green, like I said, and you have blue and purple in front of you, and I flip it over and it's a green, mm-hmm. I instead give that card to you Ooh. for you to put in your tank. So it's that's all. That's the whole game. First one to get 10 cards scored wins. That's... It's very simple, but we played it at a restaurant, and literally, it says 10 minutes on the box. Mm-hmm. It's way shorter than that. Like, we played it for maybe 5 to 10. Maybe, maybe 10. But we were waiting for our food, we played it, and then sat down and chatted for about 5 minutes. <laughs> like, it was a while. And it was pretty fun. It was nifty. Oh, um, cool. The family liked it, my wife liked it, my daughter liked it, and I would gladly bust it out again. And the fact that your wife liked it, that that right. <laughs> that makes it fun. Well, it helps that I was able to explain the rules. I told you all the rules. That's literally it. There's a couple variants. And the and fact stuff, that it played in 10 minutes instead of 45. Yeah. It was it was a perfect <laughs> one. Now, the only thing is the box is about, you know, a little smaller than Munchkin size, and it's, you know, stack of about 120 cards. That's it. It's fine. It's mm. great. It works really well. Um, it fits in one of those photo containers. I already know that. Nice. Yeah, I would actually recommend it if you found it on a deal. I don't know if I'd recommend it at full price necessarily. What but is the full price again? I want to say it's somewhere between uh, 10 to 20 bucks. Okay, it's not it's too bad. It's not expensive. It's not too bad. And if you like Exploding Kittens and stuff like that, you might really enjoy this one. Yeah, exactly. I, I Exploding Kittens was fine to me. It wasn't... It was more of an activity than fun. It, exploding kitten. This has more choice than exploding kittens does. Yeah. Um. And that's and uh, exploding kittens was was decent, but it was very obvious what you needed to play. Yeah. And the thing is with like exploding kittens, it, it just reminded me of Uno in a sense. Where yeah. You're just trying to get cards out there, and it's fine. It's honestly, if you like it, I have no problem playing it with you. But it's yeah. not something I'd pick up for myself. But this one actually. I have sounds a million other games that I'd rather play than Uno, and this is one of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. Mantis. <laughs> All right. 
Going on to my next game here, I'm actually going to switch things up and talk about uh, one game that we played really, really late into the night, and you and me got smoked. And this is Endless Winter, uh, Paleo-Americans. Oh. Yeah. So we're playing against a buddy of ours, Wasn't game even close. <laughs> our Game Head Geek. Him and me were playing for second place. In all honesty... And even then, I did not put much of a fight. Our combined score was still like 15 points off the winner. Right. <laughs> we got skunked. Double yeah. skunked. What, yeah. How do you call it? Skunk. Double skunked. Double yeah. skunked. Uh, uh. Yeah, so yeah. this was uh, this winter. <laughs> I actually enjoyed it. This is the one I was talking about that could possibly go on my favorite games list. However, I need to play it more because it just there's a lot of moving parts in this one. So you're like, okay, if I do this, I can do this. If I'm the first one here, I can go here. But I got to use these hands, and I got to do. I want to use it for this, or do I want to save this for the nighttime when I got to go do the bidding for the player yeah. uh, first player thing? There's a lot of moving parts. It's fine. Um, it's probably I would say probably my third favorite deck builder. I've only played three. Uh, my third favorite of the deck builder, deck builder uh, worker placement, worker placement games, yeah. uh, and that is um, between Dune Imperium and uh, Lost Ruins of Arnak. Um, Did but, I ever have you play Copycat, the no. Freedom of Freeze one that I told you about? Okay, because that's no. the fourth one that I know about. And that's yeah. It. <laughs> so out of the three, right now it's rated below the two, uh, the other two. I, yeah, I, I, I like. Can see why. I I like. It's very procedural. I understand that you, you yeah. do this, you do this, you do this, and then you move on to this. Yeah. And this, this, this happens, and then you move on to this. Clean up. Move on. Yeah. You play it, it over eight rounds. I like the fact that it plays in eight rounds, so you know mm-hmm. where you got to go. I like the deck building part of it. I keep forgetting that you could also buy one of the shaman cards because yep. <laughs> we kept because the way it's all set up, the shaman cards are all to the side uh, b- above the decks, and yeah. all the other characters are down here. Yep. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, I keep forgetting about those guys over there. Uh, it was fine. I really liked it. Uh, I want to play it some more just to see how I really, really feel about it. But like, if I didn't picked it up already and played someone else's copy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I need to go out and buy it because I like the other yeah, two I'm more. Not. I like Dune Imperium a lot. I also like Lost Ruins of Arnak's expansion has actually increased it over Dune Imperium, I think. Mind you, I own both expansions for Dune Imperium. I haven't played them. Yeah. That I don't blame you. And so that that's one of my things that, that we'll talk about later, but my thing is like our what we do is someone gets a day of picks for game nights. What I normally it's just shuffle shame stuff. So what I think I'm doing next year is I'm going to play one of my weeks are good, is going to be shuffle shame stuff, and then the other week is going to be something I just want to get back to the table. Makes sense. Cool. So yeah, this is uh my pick was endless winter. I thought it was good. I I enjoyed it too. Um, as far as I liked it, honestly, I, I thought it was in between Dune Imperium and Lost Ruins of Arnold. Yeah, but. I get why more people like Dune Imperium. Absolutely. Yeah. My only thing is with this one, sense. I think what part of its problem is that we learned it at 10 o'clock at night. It didn't finish <laughs> till 1 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> That's true. So we were all tired. Very much so. So that probably didn't help matters either. <laughs> yeah, it probably didn't hurt. So my next one is uh, a co- family-level cooperative game that I bought knowing how much uh, my kids were going to enjoy it. And then me and my kids sat down and played it. Mm-hmm. This was Minecraft Heroes of the Village. Yeah, you were mentioning that you were going to pick this one up. Yep, so I picked that one up. Um, so there's three Minecraft games, other than the card game, the original Minecraft the game. I know there's the Biomes and Builders. Builders and Biomes, and I like that one a lot. That one is not leaving my collection. Okay. Then there's 
uh, Portal Dash, and then this one. And this is a Family Way Cooperative. Um, it's pretty lucky, honestly. But what you're trying to do, and this is what I think is pretty interesting, is that you're trying to build these different biomes mm -hmm. um, around that produces certain kind of resources that go into the bag. But then on your turn, you can also take an action to go to a certain resource. Like, let's say I go to the woods. I pull some from the bag, and then that will decide... Um, let's say I go to the forest. That uh -huh. produces wood. I pull uh, three out of the bag, I believe. And if any of them are wood, then I get to score them and keep them. And I can hold up to four. Okay. Um, another thing I could do is go to the, the central village and add these cubes to different buildings that we're trying to build collectively. Okay. Which is pretty important. Mm -hmm. um, or I can build a new biome and then that will tell you what new cubes get added to the bag. Okay. There's also redstone too, which kind of acts like a wild. There's certain ways to get redstone. And then there's also um, despair or whatever the black cubes are, mm -hmm. um, which when you pull that, uh, that will cause uh, the illagers to attack potentially. Mm -hmm. You roll a die and they may potentially move forward. Close to you. Also, there will be times where they the will pop up. Illagers or the mob? Or the mob. I don't remember if it's illagers or mob. I know well, it's illagers, uh, not villagers. Illagers. Illagers. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it's basically the zombies. Uh, yeah. That's what they're called in Minecraft. Yes, yeah, they're slowly moving towards it. Yeah. I played that much Minecraft, and I know that, because it's like one of my wife's favorite games. I only know it from the board game. <laughs> you know, and it's a fine game. It does some funny stuff. Um, there's a little bit of engine building on it where you you pick a character, and it has a two... A two-part uh, standee. Okay. So one is your character. That just shows what character you are. doesn't matter really functionally. But then you also pick your pet, which gives you a unique ability. And so my ability was that after Did you pick I a cat? No. No. <laughs> I think I picked a fox, actually. That was the one. My daughter had a panda. Um, and my son, I don't remember. Would. Yeah, I think my son had a wolf. But, um, yeah, of course my daughter would. I, if she didn't, I was going to get the panda. But... But one of the dumbest creatures. <laughs> it really is. But it was silly, you know. And my kids absolutely loved it. My wife was in quarantine, so she ended up... Um, that was the picture you were talking okay, about. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was quarantining herself in her room, and so she wanted to be part of the game, so we set her up on FaceTime and put her <laughs> on the table. And she was watching and then eventually took a picture and posted online, which I'm not going to forget anytime soon. But, I mean, it was fine. Um, I didn't like it anywhere near Builders and Biomes. Builders and Biomes is a good Euro, midweight Euro game. Uh, this, it's an okay cooperative game. I was going to say, I was, I was wondering how your son was going to take it. Cause right. he loved he, it. He loves Minecraft. Yes. And, but he, sometimes he doesn't really like games that are, uh, lucky. Right. He doesn't. And, and he is very much like the less luck there is in a game, the better the game, which is awesome. And yes, Creative Chaos, I did say Minecraft. <laughs> There's Minecraft, three actual Heroes Minecraft board games. Yep. I do want to try Portal Dash, but after I after we finished the game, I was packing it up. I was like, you know what? I was like, son, you really like it, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I love the game. There you go. <laughs> I was handed right over. I was like, yeah, you, it's all yours. Nice. And, and so he's probably going to play it when his friends come over. They seem to like it. It's not difficult. It's a great family game. Real simple. But if I'm going to play something that level um, of complexity, I'm going to play Castle Panic. I feel like that's 
on the same level as this. I need to pick up the new Castle Panic. Yeah, uh, the second. I don't edition. know if they've released the actual. They've released the second edition Have with they? the new art. Yes, because I want I want it with the new art. It is not anything deluxe. No, no, everything I, that was part of the need, Kickstarter honestly, is coming with the Kickstarter. I like Castle Panic, but I I don't need the deluxe version yeah. of it. I just want something that gives you a nice little tower defense game. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Castle Panic does it so much better. Actually, it was one of the. So a friend of mine that I mentioned earlier before I get into my next game texted me like, hey, I got, uh, you know, my friend, she's got two daughters, they're 12 and 9, what games would you recommend co-op, light games yep. for them to co-op? Castle Panic was the first thing on my list. Absolutely. I gave 100%. them a bunch of choices, but Castle Panic just immediately came to my mind. Yeah, yeah that's a great cooperative family game, and it's mm-hmm. fun to get into, and it's not difficult to play. And but... who doesn't like tower defense? Right. <laughs> I didn't until Castle Panic, really. I actually like some of the tower defense games that I've used, to, uh, like app games I used to play. Oh all yeah, time. yeah. There you go. Uh, there was one I can't remember what it was called. But it was like a princess with cake and stuff like that. It was like the Fat Princess or something like that. Oh, interesting. Maybe the chat will let us know. But it was like it was a cool little video game where you're trying to protect this princess and feed her for all the cake while everything else is invading. That's funny. That okay. one was fun. But my last game that I've played, you also played. It was the same night we learned Endless Winter. Okay. Uh, I was shocked that you didn't put this on your list, so... I uh, thought about it. Uh, but, oh my god, I really, really enjoyed this game a lot. If you like the Tony Hawk games, uh, video games back in the day, yep. I highly recommend. We actually had to put, like, uh, ninety or 2000 Pop Punk, Fat Princess Adventures. That's what it sounds... Yeah, it's that one. Fat Princess Adventures. Um... Uh, if you like the Tony Hawk game, we had to put uh, oh. like the Tony Hawk soundtrack. We had yes. to do like pop uh, punk uh, soundtrack for us to play this game. Uh, Panasaurus, you're um, you're still knocking it out of the park for right. me. It, it, everything I've played lately of theirs has been really big hits for me. This one is Skate Summer. I my favorite thing we talked about this too is the way you have to. The play your cards right because you're going this way, but then you're going this way. You have to get play yep. a little balance game on there based on your cards, and then there's still a push your luck aspect of it right. because whoever's like the lead skater, I forget what it was actually like the professional or something remember. like that. Yeah, they roll dice, and it moves your thing so many turns. Uh, so you'll go to the minus yes. side or the plus side. So it's like, do I go all the way over here and hope you don't play a plus side, or do I go <laughs> this way and then hopefully I can balance this thing out? And you still get something if you bust, but you don't get, like, you lose a card. You don't get to move your skater in the next phase as well as you wanted to. But, man, we were like, should we play? This looks like it's going to take forever because it's saying it played to, like, 70 points or something like that. Should we play for, because it says, like, you can make it longer, you can make it shorter by going to 50 points. We were thinking about it. No, no, we chose with the 70. We, We went in the normal. Nope. Yeah, we did because no, we were talking we about. We almost it. made. We made it to the seventy. No, 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 we, no, no. No, we were uh, one point away. We no, we we played the normal because we were talking about moving it short and we didn't move it short, and then we started realizing, yeah, because I can show you the final scores. Our no, buddy, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying we played the short game, but one of us read. Most of us reached the the long game scores because that last round prior to it, we all, we were only shy about two or three points. No, we played the longer game because uh, it was seventy points. Because Dom ended the trigger and he like escaped yeah. us, uh, us. No, we were talking about it because I remember I was talking about it, and then we decided, you know, 
you know what? Maybe we shouldn't have or decided. I'm glad we didn't decide to do it because we hit 50 points after like the fourth round. Right. <laughs> it just moved so quickly. Yeah. Uh, once you start scoring your points and then you're getting your combos and you're trying to build skate, that's going to give you points and stuff like that. Uh, what was it? 96, 92, 90, and 62 were the final scores. Yeah. You were the only one barely over the short round. <laughs> you didn't make it to the 70. <laughs> But it, after playing it, I want to play it again because now we know what was expect. People who claim to have good memory. Hey, now. Hold on. <laughs> Arguing with everyone. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> no, but honestly, if you love I'd argue those, about it. If you love those Tony Hawk board or video games back in the day. And you're into board games And now. you're into board games. Skate Summer. It, yeah. It's just the creme de la creme. It was really, really good. I uh, If... I decided not to banish those last four games that we played. Yeah. It probably would have made my short list. And, probably. and probably would have made my top eight. Yep. Yep, probably. Good deal. All right. Uh, the last game I wanted to talk about was I finally got this off of my shelf of shame. I went over to a buddy's house. Took us a while. We played it in a couple hours um, just because we we're learning how to play it. it. has a really interesting roundel mechanism. And it's part of a series that I own all of the games in the series thus far. And this is like number eight in the series. Number eight in the series. Yes. There's eight games in the series of games? Yes, there's more than that. Well, it can be... Oh, I was thinking like the, the Steve Stone or Rogers, whatever nope. the games were. Uh, the You know, the artwork ones with Let Summon Demons and stuff like that. Nope, not those. It, those are only three in the series. What are the eight games in the series? They do a Kickstarter every single one of them. And this is pretty much the only game. They, they print a couple others, but mostly these games. Is it the card games? The Bunshai? Nope. nope. I don't know. I'll give you a hint. Item Meeples. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, the yeah, Tiny yeah. Epic Tiny Series. Tiny Epic Series. Did you finally do Dungeons? No. I finally played Pirates. <laughs> oh, jeez. How <laughs> far like are you high? I haven't played Dungeons or Dinosaurs or, at the time, Pirates. I know. Dinosaurs is even older. And, again, I'll remember this. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but no, the Tiny Epic Pirates it has a really interesting rondel mechanism where you you right. kind of almost have workers. All yes. I need to know is it as annoying as Tiny Epic Tiny Epic Cowboys or Western Tiny Epic Western? No, no, that, oh. that's by far the worst. Uh, oh. I don't know if that's the worst one. It's the worst one I played. I Tiny Epic Zombies is probably my least favorite. Just because but, uh, again, I think we're I playing it wrong. The poker so I don't know. Game. Yes, I didn't like that much. No, this it, no, this might even make like top three. It was really fun because the way it works is you have like these three little guys, mm -hmm. right? It took your some, pirates, your, your three pirates, but no, you your have like a captain crew. that moves around the, <laughs> the wheel, right? Okay, but your pirate crew, right? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> um, and the way that they work is that you will only ever move one spot um, on the wheel to the next action. All of your actions are randomized at the beginning. Um, so we all have the same six actions. They're just in random position. Then when you move to the next spot, um, you may choose to continue moving by using these extra actions on top of it or by using your extra crew, yeah. but then they won't give you the bonuses that are for later. So for example, I could have like one guy on my bonus to where I have more damage when I roll for attacks. Mm -hmm. And then I might have another guy on the plus movement on top of my base movement. But then every time you attack another pirate, you know the scale that's in um, 
uh, Tiny Epic Galaxies, right? Where you can upgrade your ship and become oh, faster. Yeah, man, I haven't played Galaxies it, in a while. It uses like that, but in order to upgrade on that, you defeat other pirates. And I became known as like absolutely terrifying. I had a full crew of women, <laughs> and they laid waste to anyone who attempted to fight us. Like I, the other player, he's not really big into games, but he would look over at my board and he was like, "Oh heck, no! I I'm not going to try that." He, I was legitimately terrifying because they knew that I would roll three dice and then like hit them like twelve times because of the crew that I built up. It was fun. It was silly. It was it was absolutely hilarious. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it other than I was actually really impressed by it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about tiny epics. I still have one on my shelf of shame at the very top of Sukuyumi above there. You that can see those. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't played dinosaurs yet. I so technically played half of a. You're a in tiny game. epic crime, right? Yes, of course. I, honestly, that one doesn't intrigue me at all. This is probably the one that I so, wouldn't like. Okay, we need to tangent this for a minute because <laughs> here's the thing. It, the game itself looks great to me. I know, I, I, I know, I know where you're going with this tangent, the red filter. The red filter. So now, here's the thing. I'm really cautious about that red filter because the, the, red, the tiny epic decoder, it's just literally the red overlay that mm-hmm. all the other things do it. We can see through it. <laughs> that red filter thing doesn't work on colorblind people as nearly as well as, as well, people yeah. think. I mean, I've seen it done well. It's really hard. I think Decrypto does it the best from what I've seen. Decrypto, no, I can see it just fine. Um, oh, I, mind you, I haven't seen a lot of games with it. Right. I, the only other one I can think of off the top of mind is Jumanji. <clears throat> Jumanji, yeah. No, there's a few others that I've played, and I've only ever seen it done like pretty good. Mm-hmm. But most of the time I have to actively look away from it. I don't think that's going to stop me from liking the game, but I I will think that I'm going to have to put something else in there to put, like, over the cards just so I won't accidentally just understand everything. You want to hear what turns me off of Tiny Epic? Huh. Uh, or at least the, uh, the, the Tiny Epic crimes? It's because they threw everything in the book. You can play it solo, you can play it co-op, you can play it competitive. It's like, just fix one. I, I, I'm fine with co-op. I'm fine with solo because solo and co-op will go yeah. hand in hand. But the competitive part of it, right? It just it, it feels like sometimes when they do something like that, it doesn't feel like if a finished. You game. can play a one player solo or even by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a, that's great advertising. No, uh, Tiny Epic Pirates. I was really impressed by it. It's like I said, it's up there. You have played it. I haven't played that one. Okay. Uh, honestly, I can't even. Uh, I think the last tiny epic I played was. Dang, I can't even think of it. Uh, Might have been zombies. Wow, that was a what long came time. out before. No, dinosaurs. it had to have been dinosaurs because I haven't played tiny, tiny epic dinosaurs. Oh, you just don't own it. I don't own it. The only oh, there's only two there's tiny Mechs, epics. Quest. Oh no, Max was the last one I played. Quest tactics. Well, I have quest. Uh, the only two I have is um, dungeons and quest. Yeah, okay. I'm not a collector like the rest of you guys. Yeah, I, I own them all. Um, my lowest one is Zombies and Western, but then right above that is, is I Kingdoms. I whose Western I borrowed, but someone lent it to me, and I was like, no, I can't stand this, because I love Western games. Yeah. Then someone yeah, lent me the Western, Western game. And, oh my god, it was so bad. I'm like, right. they, they have like this whole poker aspect of the game. Yeah, which, again, like, that was a very small part of, like, sure, there's always a shootout in a poker hall or a bar, but, like, poker was not that important in the West. 
I, and, but that's I, and I'm not a historian. No, no. I might be No, wrong, poker was pretty big in the West. It, it was. was. Well, gambling was yeah, big. Yeah, gambling. Um, but, like, what was the game? Uh, Western Legends does poker well for that game. Yeah. Whereas, and it's not a big component. It's just, it's your sandbox. Yeah. You can actually compete by playing poker in the game. Yep. Whereas, um, and was it Tiny Epic Western? It's actually a big part of the yeah. game. So. This is why I think you should try Pirates. It's like Tiny Epic Galaxies with a rondelle. Okay, I like rondelles. Yeah, it's it's really cool. All right, you ready to get in our list here? I think so. so is there a few games you want to talk about before we get into Why is Las Vegas... Is, <laughs> why Las Vegas? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty much. Although Atlantic City would, would argue. Um, not really. I mean, but it's gambling on the East. Yeah, yeah. It's the closest thing. Um, so we <laughs> decided to look through the entire... Uh, catalog of games that we've played this year. Um, this me- year, again, caveat is new to us, so yeah. it could be a game that's been around since 2006. We'll still count right. it. At first, I was going to put these in order of chronologically when I played them. Okay. Then I realized, eh. And then I put them in order like how you did, um, where number eight is my eighth favorite game yeah. this year. That's new to us. Yeah. Now, of course, I've played Carcassonne this year. That's my I favorite game of all time. This year. I've played Bonanza. I played a lot That's of up there. Game. Bonanza's still amazing. Bonanza's a great game. Yeah, it really is. We- Beans! Beans! Yeah, there's so many good games. So I quickly threw down 24 games. I had 27. eliminated the rest. Mm-hmm. I tried to pretty quickly. In fact, we'll talk about like the ones that made our short list after we do our list. Just way if something's on my short right. list that but did make it on your list, it doesn't get. How many of your games have you only played once? I'm curious. Uh one. Now that I'm looking at this. Wow, so wow. there's been some repeat and and Plays, yeah. Yeah. Same here. Uh, two were, were mine. Only two of them I've only well, played once. One of them that made my list was just recently played again, so Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one was played just last week for me. So yeah. that's what why it's fresh in my mind. I was like, man, no wonder. This is a really fun little game. Super silly. Alright. Well, you ready to get into this? Yep. I brought out the Coin of Doom. We'll flip this and then we'll decide who talks about the first one of this year. And again, caveat in the future. We might retract a little bit and talk about games that we played from now yeah. to the end of the year. Yeah. But just saying, that's a possibility. I'm out of practice. All right, heads. You. I'll start off with number eight. My number eight favorite game that I've played that was brand new to me this year, and this is one of the two that are not new games this, so far, probably the oldest one on my list, and this is also the one that I had just played um, a few days ago. Okay. And the last time I played it was, I think, Summertime with you. You and I played it as a two-player game. It, it's a card game with a very demented theme. Oh, yes. I, I just mentioned it right, right now. Let's yep. Summon Demons? No. Oh. No, not Let's Summon Demons. Much older than that. We are innkeepers. Ah, that was actually on my short list. Yes. It, <laughs> I just played it recently because I, I happened to go to a party. I noticed, I was like, oh, you have a copy of The Bloody End? He was like, yeah. I've heard it's really hard to get a hold of, so I decided to get a hold of it. I was like, <laughs> good enough reason. And we played it. Oh my goodness. I love that game. It's so great. So, <clears throat> The Bloody Inn. Very macabre theme. Very macabre theme. If you're okay with dark themes, it's a great game. But the way it works is, quite simply, you are innkeepers. You are inviting people into your into your uh, inn, but you all rent out rooms from it. Uh, they will be paying you as long as they stay in the room, 
but they tend to bring in a lot of money. And, uh, you know, if they so happen to go missing, then that's really quite a lot of profit. So your goal is to have the most money by the end of the game. Um, when the sec- second time the deck runs through, uh-huh. most money wins. We played as a four-player game. It took a little long because it was all three of theirs was brand new, and some of them don't p- quite play. It's a little heavy of a game. But, oh my goodness, the, each of the characters have one of four symbols on them. Mm-hmm. At least most of them do. Um, either a gunshot, a coffin, a trowel, or a, well, the a pile of money. The yeah. And so, at the during your turn, you always discard a number of cards. There's mm-hmm. a rank, either 0, 1, 2, or 3 on the cards. Uh, let's say it's a rank 2. That means you have to discard two cards to either bribe them, and they become an accomplice, to uh, kill them. And turn them into a dead body that's lying around. Uh, to bury them if they've previously been a dead body. Or to um, bribe, kill, bury. Oh, or to turn them into an annex, which gives yeah. you an extra little ability. Basically, you build a building out of their bones, I guess. Um, that's how I described it to them. They're like, ah, we like that. <laughs> and so, the number of cards, rank two. That's how many cards you need to discard to do any one of those actions. Okay. However... If the person, if the characters you discard happen to have those symbols already on them, like mm-hmm. let's say I'm trying to bribe them and one of my two cards has a has a money sign on it, then, <laughs> um, then if you if it has a pile of money on it, then they come back to your hand and you can continue to use them. Yeah. Uh, but you have to pay every one of your accomplices a coin at the end of the round. But you also get a coin for every, uh, every person that stays in your rooms at the end of the round. Yep. So, it's a really awesomely demented theme. I do like the fact that if there's any number of police officers at at the end of the round remaining, if if you haven't either recruited them as an accomplice or killed them, um, then there'll be an investigation. And if you have bodies lying around that haven't been buried, <laughs> then you have to bribe them away. <laughs> it's so dark. It's so it's demented. so good. But functionally, it's a really good game. Honestly, you know what else I would like? Uh, uh, if they ever did decide to do a re-theme of this, it's Psycho. Oh. Yeah. Psycho re-theme would be great. Yes, it's it's really, really quite fantastic. Um, Literally was on my I'm assuming list. if I open up an inn, I, it probably would not be that bad. No, you'd have a board game in. Oh, I would totally have a board Stop game. Stop with in. only your board games. That's an idea. Can you imagine <laughs> having a board game hotel? People would flock from around the country just to stay in it for no reason. Uh huh. Sure. Probably. Not. Um, but that's my number eight. I absolutely like this game. I've played it twice so far this year, and I like it a lot. So, bloody in. The game that I'm going to talk about as my number eight game is the actual newest game. Okay. I think it only came out around. Gen Con, uh, August, September. Actually, I don't think it actually arrived oh, to people yep. until like into September. I already know. Uh, we played this. Yes. I played it before, and you were upset I played it. Yep. This I is called, uh, it's John DeClaire's newest game, Ready, Set, set Bet. bet. This game right. is, uh, I love this game. Now, <laughs> I've heard of an Airbnb guy. Uh, so I love this game. It's it's really really fun. I like the shenanigans of basically trying to bet whatever racehorse is going to do better based on the thing. You get special powers like me. I could bet even if the horse crossed the the, the third horse across the red line, which stops yeah. bets. I also had the ability where I could piggyback off someone else's bet, and you and me uh, 
You're like, hey, hey, you can't put that there. You're like, yeah, I can. Yeah, there, I was, can. Uh, there was one uh, that we were one race. Like, Why are you putting a token on mine? What in the world? <laughs> and uh, you're like, uh huh. You were <laughs> and, so happy with that. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, you had the seven token. Yes. And you put it on that, and I'm like, oh, God, this thing is running away with it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, and I can only put one token, but luckily it was the four token, so I'm still going to get good money off of it, and I put it on top of your seven. Yeah. For that horse to win. That horse won. (laughs) So we got paid out a lot of money, because I think it was times five, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, so I got some cheats. No, Um, it was times... Yours was... Was it times five? No, it was times... Nine. Oh yeah, it was seven times nine for you, and it was nine times four for me. I had sixty three dollars out of that. Yeah, yeah, it was so, awesome. Uh, we were just having a blast with that game. It was very fun. We were literally calling out imaginary horses. Come yeah. on, nine. Come on, three. like Come we on. were actually at a horse racing thing. And yes, you're given cheats. You get you get extra abilities every round. You get to choose one of like two extra abilities. That make it just more gamery, more shenanigans. So you'll get some abilities like uh, I think you and our mutual friend Dom had like uh, box cars and yes. uh, snake eyes where you get money anytime, anytime number those ten are... would move. Uh, yeah. You would also that as long as number seven didn't win the race, you get yes. to keep all that money. Um, and it, it, what's funny about it is because uh, you could play where someone is the the horse racing where they're rolling the dice. We played with the app, which I honestly would recommend for everybody yes. just to play with the app because it just lets everybody get invested in the betting part of it, which is the yeah. fun part of it. Yeah. And so we were like sitting there watching these horses on this iPad. Yes. Come on, Seven. Come on, Nine. Just doing all these different shenanigans on there. Yeah. Uh, we were actually gamblers. Yes. <laughs> and that well, one, this, that we're What makes this so much better than, like, obviously than the real world money loss. Yeah. What makes this so much better is that it takes all of the excitement of the, the figuring out the odds, mm-hmm. figuring out the bets, um, and then all of the excitement of the horse race itself but combines them at the same time. time. You bet while the horses are running. Yeah. That's the crazy part. Yeah, yeah, we could go to a nearby racetrack, but it's not as fun because I don't have to lose money right. on this one. And you can't bet while the horses are going. <laughs> yeah. That's the difference. So we could see, like, number 10 taking a lead, and we're like, all right, throw it down there. But it's whoever gets there first, first matters. Yeah, yeah. and so it, it's really fun. And then I had a, a cheat ability where... The way the game works, if three horses cross the red line, there's no more bets. Well, I could keep betting if I want to hedge my, hedge my bets in this sense. Be like, okay, I know for a fact this one probably is going to win, so then right. I'll throw it here. Or this one's going to play, so let me throw it here because I know I'm going to get a score of that because you win for win, show, place, just like a normal right. horse racing. This game is legit. I enjoy it. My wife is not a fan of it, but she doesn't like lucky games, and this right. is a very lucky game. Exactly. So, I'll be honest, this is not on my list. I'm surprised. I, It was definitely on the short list. I mean, trust me, it was. <laughs> it was so good. In fact, this may be Number- my... Yeah, that was... A... This may be my favorite John DeClaire game. I think it actually is going to upset Space Space. I don't know. I, I don't think more. it will. Darn real money rules. <laughs> yeah. What's great is that the chips that you put out uh, mostly will only earn you unless you're on certain penalty spaces and that... If you don't get it, then you have to pay like a I, buck I, or two. Two, yeah. It's really not much. I think there was some that were like minus four, minus five. But yeah. That was for like, so really, really. You have high better payouts stuff. for like the ten and or eleven, twelve, ten, like the blue horses, which are the outside of the spectrum of the dice. Yes. Yeah. On the on the far ends. Number seven. All right. All right. Two. 
So my number seven is the only game on this list that I do not own yet. I didn't realize something. Uh, let me go ahead and do my number seven instead. Okay. Go ahead. Because I thought it was on my short list. No, it's actually on my list. The Bloody Inn. Oh, the Bloody Inn. <laughs> yeah. Everything you said about it is great. Uh, I thought I made it off the short list. I, I, I have I not put, played Dead Reckoning yet. I thought I put uh, Canvas above it, but nope. It was the Bloody Inn. Oh, okay. But So the, everything you said about it was great. I thought it was on my short list, but no, it was my number seven. Okay. My number seven is the only game on the list that I do not own yet. Okay. And I say yet because there's a very good chance I that I will. I believe... I know you own it, and I'm fairly sure both of our other mutual friends that we tend to game with own it as well. And it's one of the most expensive games that you own. Uh, okay. That's yeah. this guy right here. Return to Dark Tower. Return to Dark Tower. Holy cow, Return to Dark Tower is just such a cool, immersive experience. It is not normally the kind of game I would like, but the changes that they made to it, not only is it good mechanistically, it is good thematically. It feels cool. The mm-hmm. pieces are amazing. The tower is fantastic. The story is fun. Everything makes sense. It works. I don't want to say more about it. It It's really straightforward. and It's really good. It's expensive, yeah. It's like 150 for the base or something like that. Well, yeah, because that freaking tower, that tower is, is worth like the 100 alone. Well, it's Bluetooth. Yep, Bluetooth speakers. Uh it has infrared sensors on it. Like, it has all sorts of stuff. Yeah, no, I like it a lot. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, but, no, I have not played Deck Re- Dead Reckoning yet, so I don't know, though. But this is just, uh, Ready, Set, Bet is just unadulterated fun. Yeah, it's just straight fun. Yeah. And for me, I rank games that just give me more fun higher yeah. rather than, like, strategic value, I guess you Exactly. Say. No, Return to Dark Tower, absolutely fun. And this is the... First of probably about five co-op games that are on my list, because I have quite a few cooperative games, and that's I been kind of the theme have... this year. Let's see here. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, it's fancy. That I that tower have... has servos. It has Bluetooth. It's it sensors, IR sensors. Oh yeah. Um, like LEDs. Oh, it's it's crazy. It's, it's the most tower. advanced piece of board game technology. Mm-hmm. All right, on to number six. Six. Hey, look, I get to start again. Uh, my number six is... You chose to start. I had to, because I was like, oh, I did make my list. Uh, my number six is a game that I just fell in love with. I've played it three, two or three times this year already. Um, and I'm, in fact, I may be taking it over to a friend's house to play with a, a, a wider group of it. I've played it four-player, three-player, and quite possibly I'm going to play five-players uh, Sunday. And this one is one game I showed you. I made my wife come over and hang out with us to play this game. It oh, is yep. a deduction game. Yep. Uh, this one, I think, is one of my oldest games. I think it came out in 2019, maybe? Or 2020? Really old. Yeah, it's not that old. But I'm saying, out of all the games on here, it's right. my oldest. Uh, the Bloody Inn is your oldest. Oh, yeah. The Bloody Inn Bloody is my oldest, is. yeah. I'll find uh, out how old that is but while you're talking. This one is called Cryptid. And I've talked about it a lot in the past. Um, I think I talked about it in one of our most recent podcasts. But this one is basically a straight deduction game. I'm given a clue. All the other players are given a certain clue. And you're trying to figure out where the only place this cryptid can live. It's very simple. Uh, you only have two things you can do on your turn. You can either ask someone directly, could the monster be here? Mm-hmm. Or... 2015, yep. Or... 
um, you could make a guess that the monster is here, and then you have to find out um, if everybody answers maybe, then yes, you found the one spot. You were intrigued by it because you didn't know there was going to be enough information for just right. three players. It didn't seem possible, yeah. And so, but yeah, I've harped on this a lot. I love this game. It's a fantastic game, which makes me sad because they made another smaller version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Cryptid something. Uh, Cryptid yeah. Cafe, not Cryptid Cafe, uh, <laughs> Urban uh, Urban Legends Cryptid yeah. or something like that, that apparently is not going down very well, so... Yeah. But yeah, Cryptid was my number seven pick. And Ithri, to answer your question, uh, the topic specifically is the the best games that were new to us this year. So I we, we do the, we it, tend yeah. to do this uh, every few years, so that's why I just tagged twenty twenty two. The best games that we played this year that are that were first time experiences sometimes, and then twenty fifteen is uh, when Bloody Bloody came, came in. Okay, so seven years old now makes sense. All right, uh, my number six is actually a game you showed me. And you taught me, and then you you know how we say the the damn it Dom, whenever he shows oh, yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah. This was yours. This was a damn it Daniel, because after I played it, I was like, man, this is a pretty big beefy game. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it's it does stuff. Can I take a guess? Yeah, Paleo. It is Paleo. <laughs> yeah, Paleo is awesome, and and it does things so differently than others. I. It seems gimmicky that you would deal out three cards and just go, okay, well, I have to deal with one of these three cards. Mm-hmm. Just judging by the backs of them and what you think <laughs> might think happen. going to happen, yeah. And that sounds so gimmicky and so silly that you're like, okay, you know, not a big deal, right? Yeah. Um, and then you do it and you're like, oh, oh, now we needed to make a better decision now that we are <laughs> exactly. all dealing with wolves all of a sudden. <laughs> it's like, how are we all getting attacked by mammoth? What the heck? And yeah. I love the fact that there's so many scenarios in this, just yes. out of the base game alone. I have the expansion for it over yep. there. The components are good. Mm-hmm. The theme is neat. It's not a difficult game once you get the hang of it. Yeah. There's a lot of replay value, and I really enjoyed that theme a lot. It's one of my now favorite um, paleo-based games. You played, what, like four? <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe three or four. Because <laughs> we were talking about it, like Mammoth Hunters, Paleo, Endless Winter... Stone, uh, Age. Stone Age. Yeah, like, like <laughs> caveman-esque games. Uh, but yeah, it it's it's really fantastic. I love the theming of it. The art's really cool. Um, it has almost like a claymation-style art. Weird. It, it's it's strange. But it's neat. I like it a lot. Love the components. Paleo, my number six. Favorite game that I played this year. Cool. Alright. Yep. Number five. Cool, I'm starting. Which works, because it's Paleo. <laughs> <laughs> I just like it one more better than you. Yeah, you liked it one more. <laughs> uh, no, everything you said. I love Paleo. In fact, I think I like it more than Endless Winter. Uh, oh, absolutely. Off the top of my yes, mind. Yes, absolutely. I like the fact that it's co-op. I like, uh, I guess, not really, it's kind of push your luck, but not mm-hmm. push your luck, where you're just trying to determine, out of these three cards, what would be better for me to deal with? Yeah. Oh, great, you're dealing with all those over there. Yeah, no thanks. We need tools over here for we can go build this thing over yep. here, put our cave paintings up. I loved everything about it. When I, it was announced, I wanted to play it when it came out, but right. it just couldn't find it. When I finally was able to get a, a second printing copy off of, mm-hmm. I actually think I bought it directly through Asmodee, the oh, website. Wow. Yeah. Got it in, played it, and I'm like, I love this game. I've played it like two or three times this year already. I've played the the, the first scenario twice, mm-hmm. and I think I played the other scenario once. It's so good. Yeah. I like this game a lot, so I don't want to beleaguer it. You went over it already. Uh, Paleo is my number five. It's a great game, and I understand why it won the Kenner. Yeah. 
The next one is a, um, it's not semi-co-op. It's possibly co-op. Uh, or it Rear could window? be one versus many, yes. Rear window. <laughs> this is the only one I can think that's yeah. possibly co-op. Possibly co-op. And that's one of the niftiest parts of the game. So my number five is Rear Window, uh, based off of the movie, the Alfred Hitchcock movie, made by Funko Games and uh, Prospero Hall. The art's pretty good, too. The art is fantastic. They they were able to get the likenesses. The the art looks good. And it's almost like a Dixit-esque or like Mysterium-style game, where it's Mysterium meets um, Mastermind. You have four rounds to figure out all eight of the characters and all, or, um, yeah, all four. Four of the characters and four of their uh, styles, like living styles, like whether they're an artist or a, or a food connoisseur, stuff like that. And you have to figure these out within four rounds. And there's a director who is giving the players um, information based on these cards out of deduction. And they have to try and figure it out <coughs> using that limited information. Up to two of those could be face down, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Now, where this all flips on its head... It sounds really difficult because a lot of the images don't quite say, like, they might have, like, a single color and it might be a character who's silhouetted. Yeah. It might have, like, they have multiple factors, so it might have a, um, a couple of dogs, a broken painting, and a dumbbell. So that can either mean athlete or pet lover or clumsy or something like that or drunkard, yeah. whatever. And so you're never quite sure as to what the motives are. But at the beginning of the game, there might be a murderer. And one of the characters might have been a murderer. At which point, the player who is giving the the information out, the director, is no longer playing against or with the players. Mm -hmm. So, And the players never get to know this until the end of the game. So it's either I'm trying to get you to guess all eight if I'm the director, or if if there is a traitor, I am playing kind of as a traitor, and I have to get you to guess six or seven correctly and not the murderer. Cool. It works really well. It sounds like it shouldn't work, but you keep it saying it works. Work. It works. <laughs> and it's so intense. And it's one of those things where, like, Mysterium was fun, right? But mm-hmm. uh, the game, like, there's figuring out which cards to give out, that's a fun little puzzle. But really, like, treading along... Like, giving them the clues, knowing the special abilities, having them discuss. One, one of the funniest things that I saw was, well, one of the players were playing it. They were playing as the director, and they put a card face down. Okay. And because it was just a garbage card. It had nothing to do with anything that was on the board. So they put it face down, and then one of the players has the ability to peek at those. And they're like, they're like, alright, I'm gonna peek at it. And they looked at the card, and they're like, hmm. Like, there's a lot of, there's pets in this one. Maybe he's the traitor and he's trying to throw us off from this. He's like, no, no, he's not. Like, that was the, that was the exact, he put it down because it sucked. Like, that's <laughs> why that was face down. Don't look more into this. There's a reason it's face down. <laughs> and so they thought immediately that he was betraying them because they were putting down this vital information. <laughs> it worked so well. And it's only like 35 bucks. It's not expensive. No, Great components. Good. Um, the pieces are fantastic, the interaction is so good, and you don't need to know the movie, which you should, but you don't need to know the movie to enjoy the game. In fact, everyone who I taught how to play this... Watched the movie. No, I I don't know if they watched the movie later on, 
but they had never seen the movie prior to watching it, and they fell in love with the game. Nice. So that's a great sign. In fact, it's one of my favorite Hitchcock movies. That is currently my favorite. I still think I like birds more. Yeah, well, you like Wingspan, so... Well, no, just murderous birds, just makes yeah, it's pretty people. awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a very <laughs> silly idea. No, it it was it comes out so well. Rear window, highly recommend it. My number five favorite game. Vertical this is also another good one. Vertical was fun. I didn't realize Harvey Danger wrote a whole song about it. <laughs> that blew my mind when I watched that. That surprised me. Oh, I get verdict. Yeah, I had no idea. So yeah, weird. Anyway, four, number four. Number four is starting with me. So, this one is... I don't know if you were as enamored with it as I was, but... No. Uh, <laughs> but I love this game. I've actually been playing through the scenario with my wife and our mutual friends on this one. It's a scenario-based game. It's co-op. Oh, I like co-op scenario-based games. And it introduced something to me that I think more games need to do. Acrylic standees. Oh, yeah. yeah this one okay. is Vagrant Song. Did you start playing it correctly, though? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I gotta twist the knife on that. But, uh, Vagrant Song, it's so good. Uh, yeah. well, and this is another one that I was thinking about, yeah. where it actually has a rule in the game, yes. is if players can't come to a census, take the worst case scenario. Right. <laughs> right. It's like, eww. It's almost got us in a fist fight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like the, the terminology in it. I love the fact that it's like yeah. 1920s cartoon base. Yeah. Everybody tries to compare this to like Cuphead, and I'm like, other no. than the fact that it's 1920s I cartoons... I would have a hard time comparing that to Cuphead. Well, no, yeah. it's just that everybody compares it to Cuphead because right. it's based on 1920s-style yeah. cartoons. It's like, that's the only thing they have in common. Cuphead right. is more... Uh, the video game is a shoot 'em up kind of video game where right. it's slightly difficult. This one is more you're working as a co-op, you're fighting uh, the, these ghosts, or haint as they're called in the game, yep. and you're trying to get them back into their humanity because somehow you got onto the ghost train that's leading them to the afterlife. Yeah. And we've played through two, maybe three scenarios and oh my god, I'm enamored with this game. I've, I want to keep going further along in the scenarios. I think there's eight in the, in the base game. I don't know if they, they're going to make an expansion. They probably will. Okay. I've really enjoyed it. I love the art in this one. The ghosts are... the With the the standees, they're kind of creepy looking. They I, are. They're I, fun. I, I like that a lot. I love the art style. I love the aspect of the game. I love the little bag pulling, push your luck aspect on it. Uh, that part where it's just like, oh, but you don't want too many of these used because it's going to start something bad for the the, the, the haint in this case. Right. Um, I love the fact that it's the same board for every scenario. It's just set up slightly different because you're on a train fighting all right. these different things. And I love the rest stop. You can you know stop the game, pause it, and be like, okay, this is all you get. Boom, move on to the next game. Or pause it play another game, come back to it, and it has all this uh, scenario stuff in it. The stories are really great. I love the fact that there's tokens that get put in the bag that you yep, can pull out, and cool. it gives you story yep. aspects onto it. Yeah, it's a very good uh, very good game. I really enjoy it. It's, uh, it's my fourth best favorite game that i played this year, so that's telling you something. That's cool. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was... Um... I don't. I can't put my finger on why I didn't enjoy it as much because I was actually expecting it to be really, really neat. Um, and I played it. and I was like, okay, it's fine. The, the only thing is, it's, it's very lucky because it's based yeah. on dice rolls. So you're, yeah. you're, all your checks are dice rolls. 
You Absolutely. could be. You have a character that's probably really, really good at certain yep. dice rolls, and you have a character. Your same character is going to be really, really bad at dice rolls. Uh, I do like the fact that even if you uh, take all the wounded and you get flipped to going westbound, yes, you still have the ability to keep going. That makes sense. But you're a ghost, so if you go into a checkpoint and you're westbound, which means you had to take so many wounds, when you rest, you can heal yourself, but one of your your wounds is permanent, basically. Uh, so like your ability is broken. Yeah, yeah. It it was fine. I liked it. A lot. I liked it. Yeah. I mean, it, I I don't disagree. I, I get why. <laughs> but it was only it felt it, disappointing to me. Like comparing, like because I genuinely thought I was gonna I, like fall in love with it. Yeah, and I didn't. So well, I'm enamored with it. I love it a lot. Uh, in fact, I left it over to my friend's house this way. When I go over there, we can just play it. There's two games. One of them didn't make my list. Uh, Role Player Adventures is over at their house too because we're yeah. playing through that scenario. For the same reason. It was cool. on my short list. Awesome. Uh, my number four is probably the prettiest game on my list. <laughs> I think I know which one this one is. It was on my short list. Take a guess. No, you have not played this one. Oh, I haven't played this one because no, I thought we played, played it together. Nope. Okay. I was going to guess Canvas. So. Okay. No, Canvas is not on my list. Okay. This I I personally feel is prettier than Canvas. Oof. Yes, I am laying down that gauntlet. All right. This is a gorgeous game. The production value is amazing. But it's from a company that now, not only is this my favorite game in their trilogy, because this is technically the third game in the trilogy, um, this is my favorite game that they've published. Hmm. And this has cemented that if they pretty much come out with just about anything else, I'm probably going to do it. Because the mechanisms are so smart, it works really well, and during the game... They trick me into learning. I end up like reading actively about some of the cards that are in it. I'm like, oh, oh, so that's what it is. And you learn from it. Yeah. Trekking through history. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No, and you haven't played it yet. I haven't played that one. I've only played the first one. No, it, the, forget that. It, <laughs> it's not like I'm saying it because it's a million times better. It's not necessarily, but I... The Trekking Through History is a completely different game. No, 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 I get that. Yeah. I, everybody's talking about it. It's yes. like, where is, uh, what is it, Trekking Through National Parks and Trekking yes. the World, they're basically Those are Ticket to Ride style similar. games. Yes. Yeah, no, this is a very different game. This this one's basically timeline. <laughs> it's basically, well, I mean, yeah, in a way, right? You are, you are doing timeline in a way. But every trek through history, you have to go chronologically. Mm-hmm. So if I pick something from 1800... Everything after that for my trek has to be later on. However, all the cards that are laid out, normally when it has like a, a row of cards, you have to pay something to exchange it for that. Yeah. And they might go cheaper, like through the ages does. Yeah, yeah. No, this, it there's no cost to pick a card. The whole game is you pick a card. Mm. And so there's no cost to it. It just But the further down the row it gets, the better extra bonuses it gets on top of it. Okay. So you you take a card... You get the symbols that are on it. You base it off of your the timeline, but all of those symbols um, get you tokens that are really nice plastic tokens. But then where it is in that's the on the board one though, right? The plastic tokens. I don't know if they have. I don't know if they necessarily have uh, cheap tokens for the non Kickstarter. I might be wrong on that, but I'll look. I'll look at yeah, it while you're talking about it. The functionally, it works really well, and then the farther down the row it gets, the better tokens you take as a bonus. Which let you do uh, weight or wild tokens or extra little benefits there, um, and then the longer you make each of your tricks, the more points it's like cumulatively worth. 
So it works really well. Um, you're constantly feel smart while doing it. It's a very quick game. It is absolutely gorgeous. And then you do have those conversations of like, oh, well, when was this one? This was 1800. That was surprising. Hold on. And on the back of every card, there's information about the, that event in history. Mm-hmm. And it works so well. I cannot highly recommend this. This was one of those ones that I got so excited for when, when I was backing. That's uh, because I thought it would be good. And it greatly exceeded my expectations. No, no. I, I really want to play this one. I, I love history. Yep. Um, I was a history major when I was going to college for a while. Oh, uh, I think you would fall in love with this. I really genuinely do. I'm trying to see what's um, exclusive to the Kickstarter. I think it was just cheaper. Yeah, I'm not seeing too, too much difference through the... um, Because I'm trying to look through it as quick as I can, but... eh, That that is my number four. That is trekking through history. All right, number three. History is fun. (laughs) History is fun. I'm starting with me again. So... I don't think this is going to be on your list. You liked it, but you like another game better. Okay. Um, this one is probably the hit of the year, honestly. I think it's going to be a lot of people's uh, consensus game of the year. Uh, All right. Give me some clues. Let me see if I can guess it. Okay. Obviously, uh, we played it together. It's a German game. From a German company, anyways. Uh, it's Freudlin. Freuderland. Uh, you're, the game you like more than this is Terraforming Mars. Freuderland. I think that's what it's called. I don't even know where it is on my thing. Yeah. Are you making this up? No, uh, Freuderland or whatever it's called. Uh, uh, it's about building a zoo. Oh, oh, <laughs> um, yes. So yes. very long about games got it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ark Nova. The company. I thought you were saying the name of the game is Fortaland. Like, no, 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 the name of the about? company. No, I actually really did like Ark Nova a lot. It didn't hit my list, but I really did. Like uh, it. It's a it's a really good game. Uh, I like it a lot. I really enjoy playing it. I've played it twice this year. Okay. Um, I know for a fact it's only been twice this year. Once with you and once with my other group because it's a long game. Yeah. It is easily two to three hours, especially if it's a learning game. Then it's going to push the three hour mark yeah uh so like when we all played it it took us about three and a half hours to play it yeah and when i taught it to two new people or three new people it took us about three hours Uh, i knew how to play it but they didn't so i'd explain okay this is how this works and then you want the tracks to cross and (laughs) that that thing i still i'm not very good at this game because i can't get my pieces to cross both times i played the game now i didn't have that much of a negative deficit (laughs) in the second time i was slightly less negative yeah, the second time I played it, like I think the the first time I played it, I was like thirty five points away from each other. I see. The second time I played it, I was only seven. So okay. I got better. So hopefully I can get it to cross. Uh, it, it's it's a lot like Terraforming Mars in the aspect that all the cards are different. And there's no same card in here. Um, you're building up your zoo, kind of like you're building up Terraforming Mars, but it's your own personal player board rather than other people's player boards. There's a lot of moving parts because you got this board over here, and then you got your scientists, and you have your research grants, and your your catch and release kind of stuff. But you're also building your aquarium or your zoo. The aquarium is going to be the expansion. Uh, you're building up your zoo, so you have like these different areas. So you could put your you could build an aviary if you get a certain ability, and then you could put all your birds in there, and they can take a couple spaces rather than one whole area. Fair enough. 
Uh, I even got the map packs for it. Uh, that's how much I like this game. It is such a good game, and there's a lot of good choices. And my favorite part of this game is the 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 moving of yeah. the the. The, mechanism. the mechanisms, like you, you choose something. The further along it is on the track, the more powerful it becomes. Mm-hmm. But if you know, I really just need to pick some cards, so I'll take it from this lower end, move this up, or you know what, I need this to become more powerful. So let me move this down. Just take this action right. on this turn. This way, I can set up this one to become more powerful in the next turn because this is the card I've upgraded, made it more powerful. But I need it at a higher level. I loved everything about it, um, but it only made my third favorite game that I played this year, so that's telling you something. All right, so my number three is one that I know you haven't played yet. Okay. Um, and this is the only one on my, this is the highest <coughs> one on my list that I've only played once. And Now, I granted, I downloaded the app, I learned how to play it, and I played a different version of it with my son, and I am absolutely enamored with it. And this is the highest, uh, no, second highest ranked co-op on my list. Horizons of Spirit. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, this one. Oh, my goodness. This is people. the Target one. This is the Target exclusive one. This is the $30 one versus the $90 base game. <laughs> that, tell, tell the people what you told us. Um, I don't remember. That playing this makes you want to go buy the $90 one. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> 100%. We, and we only played it the once, but this now might be my son's favorite game. Really? It's, it's not a simple game, necessarily. No, no, that's why, that's why I've always been hesitant to play this game, because it's not that simple. It's that. not. But, you know, we, you would be fine, yeah. honestly. Like, it, it's um, it's more complex than, like, say, Return to Dark Tower, but a lot of the similarities actually work. So at the beginning of the game, you do a specific thing, either spreading your influence around mm-hmm. or resetting your the card of your hand of cards back to your hand. Uh, because as you discard them and play them, mm-hmm. they're they're gone until you actually take that action and reclaim them. Uh, but when you reclaim them, you get more powers, where you draw four off of the deck and choose one, and that's the new power that goes in. And if you get a major power in that process, you have to replace one of your previous cards permanently. Okay. So that's cool. Um, but really, what it is, it's basically anti-settlers of Catan. <laughs> I mean, it, it's there's been these villagers who are coming over the spirit island. You are spirits of of the native island, you're trying to scare them. Uh, collecting fear will let you gain benefits to scare them away okay. and make it easier to win, but your ultimate goal is to basically eradicate them okay. from your island. It works really well. Um, the card play on it is so fun. As you remove tokens from your board and put your influence out on the board, then you become more powerful, you get more energy, which is the cost to play the cards, plus you get the... Um, you get the ability to play more cards. That's the second track. Mm-hmm. Um, your cards also have different kind of elements or symbols on it. And by playing certain combos of that, you might even be playing inefficiently in order to get extra bonuses that your character is unique to. So like, I might play like two stone and a wind and, and a fire. Mm-hmm. And then that way I can pull like this extra combo and do damage to people. Each of the spirits work entirely different. They all have their own starting deck as well. So that's really neat. And then, I and I have not played Spirit Island yet. I only played Horizons of Spirit Island. I haven't this played year, it. but now I want to play the base game because <laughs> I was so impressed with it, and the fact that these five spirits, which I already really like them, uh-huh. can be incorporated into, into the, the base new game. One, yeah. Yes. Um. It's. <laughs> is it co-op or is it competitive? Co-op. Cool. I, I do. I do co-op. really want to try this one. It's awesome. It's uh, really great. I have to look and into it, honestly. That was, you know, like that saying, it's like, oh, I wouldn't write home about it. 
No, like as soon as me and my son finished, I texted you guys. I was like, "Hey guys, <laughs> this it was awesome." I'm just yeah. saying, like, this is so up there. Like, and it it is my number three because I have only played it once, and I feel like there could be some wiggle room. Mm-hmm. I haven't played all the characters, so I'm, I played one of the more simpler characters. Like it was like these tree eyeballs. They're like <laughs> tree eyeballs. Yeah, like the best way to describe them is like. Is like like the knot holes are like cut out of the trees, and they're just eyeballs peering from inside, and you don't really know what they are. That's funny because uh, it just makes me think uh, the new Pokemon game released uh, not yeah. too long ago. They have a tumbleweed Pokemon now. Of course they do. <laughs> they had a keychain in a ice cream well, no, cone already. But the thing so. is, it's like it's literally a tumbleweed, and you can see like little ghost eyes. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> so it just made me think of that. That's silly. Yeah. No, I Spirit Island. It, Ithri, what is your thoughts on Spirit Island? If you if you've played it or uh, so very wrong about games, let me know as well if you played it. But I was very impressed with it. Um, <laughs> really designed. It takes way too long to resolve this other story. <laughs> it does. So one thing it does so differently that he brings up a good point. One thing that does so differently. This is the one that made you come up with that topic, huh? No, actually okay. no. But there is one part about it that's really interesting. The settlers are going to take their turn. Normally, it's you do a bunch of good stuff, then you do some bad stuff in the next yeah. player's turn. No, the settlers are all going to do bad stuff in the middle of the turn, and the cards you play are either slow or fast. If you, the fast cards you can play before they act. The slow, slow cards, cards are after. Okay. And so they're generally more powerful or take less energy, but, <laughs> oh my god, it does take forever to play. Um, the target version is only one to three. I played it at two. It took us a couple hours, probably. Okay. And I was, I'm enamored with it. It's really, really solid. I have a one to three player game that I want to get tried uh, off my shuffle shame. Oh, is that the Christmas one? No, Destinies. Oh, Destinies. Gotcha. I mean, I'd be willing to try it now, just because <laughs> I feel like that's really solid. I can't recommend it enough. Anyway, number three, Horizons of Spirit Island. Let's move on to two, starting with you. My number two is my last co-op game that's on my list. Um, some spoilers, number one is not cooperative. But this is, uh, I did say Trekking Through History mm-hmm. is my prettiest game. This is the best production out of all the games on this. Well, okay, maybe not Return to Dark Tower. But I was going to say, uh, with that said... one aside, this uses the box as the game board. The insert is an active part of the game. It is fully cooperative. It is a deck management game. Uh, I know what this one is. And Tower Defense. This is a time. great game. It Siege made my, uh, of Rundar. It was on my short list. Oh my gosh, have I been playing this so much lately. A Reiner Knizia game. A Reiner Knizia. And with dice and escalating monsters and shenanigans and just crazy like cooperative I, stuff. I remember when I played it and I, I, I knew I shouldn't have done it because I can't make my... If it's a dice game, I can't really make my players really good. Because I, I was a really good... Uh, 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 range person. Yeah, you were all about range, and you always rolled attack. Melee. Or when I go melee, I would only roll bows. Yeah. Like, come on now. Yeah, we're like, just go dig a hole, please. <laughs> like, go dig. It. I'm just gonna go clean this up over I mean, here. I love the idea of it too. Is that like, yeah, it's a tower defense, right? Everything's going towards the middle, mm-hmm. and when they get to the middle, they take some of your gold. And as long as you have at least one nugget of gold at the end you of the win. game, you win. But you are dwarves trying to actively dig out a tunnel, which are nice wooden blocks. Um, and then with rubble tokens as each one of them falls out, but then goblins pop up from the hole. Or trolls. Or, or trolls. It, it's super silly. You have a catapult that will destroy options of yours. Uh, what's the other one that they have? Like the ballista. Is what you have is. a ballista and you have a catapult. 
Oh, no, 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 it's a, it's a catapult, and then it's that stupid the, uh, siege tower. Yeah, the siege tower. And so if you have a siege tower, then terrible things happen. It's so fun. It's a good and game. What I like about it is that you only ever have 12 cards in your deck at a time, and you shuffle them up, and you put two secretly under the discard pile, and you never get a look at it. But two of the cards that are in your deck are troll cards, which are bad because you have to pull troll cards. If you get through that deck, you lose, mm-hmm. and they get worse and harder and harder and harder. Um, but those might be the two that are that get discarded. It's really unlikely, but it might be. But then when you get upgraded tools, you have to replace ones that you have in your hand. So you only ever have the troll cards, and it can't be the bad cards. So I don't know. I think it's awesome. It's it's up there again with uh with there's a reason it's slightly above Siege of uh Horizons of Spirit yeah. Island. Siege of Rundar is just so good. <laughs> That's because you played it a lot. I've played it a lot. This is my second most played game out of all of these. Um I th- only beating I think my number, number one. one is my most played game out of all of these. <laughs> Same here. Uh but going on to my number two, I've only played it twice, mainly because I just recently got it. Um, and you know how you're talking about like co-ops and competitive, this is solo, solo, solo only. Uh, I love this game. I love it a lot. Uh, it's so good what it does. And this is final girl. It is such a great solo game. It's, uh, Pretty quick to set up, pretty quick to clean up. I love the fact that you can mix and match everything. Um, right over there, I have the, and I showed it one time, it's the Necronomicon with the two dice yep. inside of it. Yep. That tells you how to randomize it if you wanted to. It's so, so well done. It's probably, it, it is my favorite. Uh, Onirum was my favorite solo game for the longest time. This is more. So, uh, and this is, which is saying something, I played Onirum mostly on my phone. I haven't yes. played the actual physical card game. Yeah. This one, beats it hands down because uh, I like all the choices that you have to do because you're playing the final girl so I'm trying to save these campers but I also want to for some of the characters I have to I want to do the final blow even if they kill me and I kill them mm-hmm. uh, I still win but if they destroy me then the final girl loses and everybody dies uh, there's another scenario where you have to rescue a little girl from the house and you can't fight the boss in this yeah. one because well they're a poltergeist so it is phenomenal. It's probably uh, going to keep going higher on my list, especially when I get Wave 2 and I get the the other stuff coming in. I, yeah. I, this is only Wave or Season 1, I guess you can say. Um, I missed the original Kickstarter. I had to back it on the newest Kickstarter, and I did split Wave shipping this way I can play it. And honestly, I got it right before Halloween, and I was so happy because I played it. Uh, that one day, and I'm like, ah, oh, man, and I set it up because we were going to do something, and then we couldn't get together, and I'm like, you know what, screw it, I'm going to go play this now. Yep. And set it, had it set up, got ready to play, because I was going to show it to you. Yeah. And it's so, so good. Um, and I love that big box, uh, how everything looks like movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything, every choice that they made about the design, mm-hmm. the graphics, the the theming, the art, yeah, it's and solid. It, and the thing is, like, uh, another big thing of it, I'm always big about tongue-in-cheek, because, you know, you can't have, uh, unless you don't want to pay out of the, the butt for licensing, Yeah, it, where it's, like, legally distinct from everything, so you have Nightmare on Maple Lane, or what is another one? Uh, Carnival Blood, Sacred Groves, Creech Manor, which is the Poltergeist yes, yep. uh, movies, Camp Happy Trails, Camp Crystal Lake. I love the little tongue-in-cheek here, and so it is phenomenal. I can't wait for the next one just because I want to mix everything together and see what I can come up with with the final girl scenarios. 
That's awesome. Cool. And our number one. And I don't have much to say about that because I've only played Hostage Negotiator. And I I'm really going to actually take the first uh, for number one because oh, it's not a surprise. Is it a crossover? It's a crossover. You mentioned it, I think, it like your seven or something like that. Oh, Return to Dark Tower. Of yep. course. Yeah. <laughs> that has been my favorite game I've played this year. Yep. Um, I've played it three, four times, I think, now. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, three or four times. It's the the one I played the most out of all these games. Yeah. Uh, and it's not saying any, or that's not that's saying a lot because it's not a long or a short game. Right. It can be a while, um, and it's just uh, so phenomenal. I've played two scenarios, three scenarios now. Mm-hmm. I love everything you mentioned about it. I love the Dark Tower. Uh, I love the Bluetooth aspect of it. The app is really well done, and the fact that you can get the app on most platforms, like I can get it on my Kindle, where not a lot of apps right. go to Kindle. And that one only does like paper style. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You'd think that they wouldn't be able to do that technology on it, but the paper Kindles, like, pfft. I don't have a paper Kindle. I actually have a real Kindle, <laughs> but uh, we do use real my Kindles. Uh, they're the paper Kindles that you can only get the books. I get the yeah. full internet service. I know what you're saying, but I'm saying they're real Kindles. Yeah. Nah. I don't consider them real Kindles because if you can't get the internet on it other than books, then they're not worth your time. <laughs> that doesn't negate them from being brandingly <laughs> or by brand a Kindle. They were uh, the first. So, anyways, going back uh, <laughs> to what I was saying. Uh, Got to show you somehow. We tend to use my wife's um, iPad. Because mm-hmm. it's one of the bigger ones, and it's just it. The fact that it's Bluetooth—that's my big thing—is like the noises come from the tower itself. Usually, you're using the app for the ambiance, right. where the ambiance is coming from the actual tower. So you hear the the motors rolling as it's turning inside, or you're trying to figure out if you're going to have to take a piece off the tower, and you're waiting for it to light up, and then go boom, boom. But it's not coming from the app; it's coming from the tower. Right. Or, like, if the, the big bad that you're fighting is doing something bad to you guys, you hear, like, the screaming and the roaring coming from the tower itself. It's it's one of the games that really gets you thematically into it because usually, like, say, Mansions of Madness, where you another app-driven game, your ambiance is coming from the app, so it's yep. basically a monitor over here. Whereas this one, the app is not your focal point unless you're fighting something. Yeah. Your app is just giving you all the information. Even though you're fighting the thing, you're hearing the noise from the tower itself. Just It really gets you thematically yeah. into there. And if anybody complains about that it's app-driven, you just go, I don't want to play with you either. That's fine. <laughs> exactly, yeah, no. <laughs> that's my. That's now my new response to that. Like, oh, I don't want to play that because it's app-driven. I don't want to play with you either. <laughs> I'm app-driven at this point. <laughs> you Pretty much, I mean... We have basically computers in our pocket. Yeah, much. We're app driven. I spend more time on my phone than my computer sometimes. Exactly. So now this last one, uh, my final one, my favorite one of the year. As soon as I played it, I wanted to play it again, and then I played it again and again. I probably played it about four or five times so far this year, and I'm just every time I play it, I'm like, man, this what it does just does it really clean, really solid, pretty art. We got it from a Bookman's run. Um, and it's, it's my second oldest game on the list. Hmm. It is primarily a card game. Well, that really narrows it down because you play a lot of cards. There's a single board and the rest is cards. Have I played this one? Yes. I think so. A single board and the rest is cards. Can you give me a better Oh yeah, no, I know you have. Um, it is, uh... 
It is very a very white cover. It is set in snow setting. Oh yeah, it was that that, that one's actually on my short list. Yes, uh, I really did this one. Inuit Snowfolk. Yeah, Inuit Snowfolk. Oh I knew my this goodness. is gonna be on your yeah. list. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. As soon as you saw that on the list, you're like, "Yep, that's it." No, hands down, that's been my favorite game. That favorite new to me game. I can't believe I saw that. And I was like, "Wow!" Like it's it, it, again but, and again. Like that was that the was one of the it, few what, games that popped in my head that I haven't played recently. Uh-huh. And I was like, "That's definitely on the list." What I liked about this one is that you were going, you were hemming and hawing if you were going to spend your credit to buy this one. At, at yeah, I was like, like eh, "It's pretty eh, looking." Yeah. Didn't know much about it. Don't know anything about it. And then yeah. now you, it's... You. It's one of my favorite. That's one that's never... <laughs> you know how they say, uh, don't sense. judge a book by its cover? The cover is what actually draws you the, in. The cover judged me. That's what I'm saying. That's how good that game is. It's like, are you even good enough to play this game? We know how good we are. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a legitimately good game. I like that one it is a fun. Lot. Yeah. It, and so much to the point where it, it plays... It with a similar flavor to a Stefan Feld game. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, a lot do, of I, choices, do yeah. I pick a Stefan Feld game or this other game that's like same theme, same style mechanisms? And this one's better than that. This one's better than uh, Coco Pelli. Shockingly. Yeah, and I really like Coco Pelli, but this one is better. <coughs> so Actually, Coco Pelli didn't book. even get on my short list because we played it before this year. Yep, I know. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have been. Um, <coughs> so that's it for our list, our top eight. Yep. Um, as always, we'll probably, after we close this out, we'll hang around and talk about, like, overlaps, unless you want to do that right now while we're uh, still recording. I'm just going to uh, name a few games on my short list. That yep. made we'll my see list. us there on, on each other's lists. Uh, Foundations of Rome made my short list. I thought it was a pretty good game. I thought about it. It wasn't bad. Um, I just didn't think it's better than the other games I played. Yep. Uh, First Rat was another one. Yep. First Rat was on my short list as well. Dungeon uh, Fighter was another one. Dungeon Fighter was not on my short list. You, just because it made you hold someone's hand. It was funny. No, I liked it a lot. I did consider it briefly. Um, <coughs> the initiative almost made it my top eight. My only problem was I didn't like how it ended. Yeah, I found out that the first time I played Initiative was back in 2021. Oh, see, I played it this year. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I haven't played it to the end yet, so... <coughs> uh, let's see. Creature Comforts was an- another one on my short list. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Cascadia, because it's the first year I played it. It's a Wonderful World. Mm-hmm. Canvas, and this one is gonna. Uh, I, it didn't make your list, but I think you would be surprised that it made my short list. Taverns or Tiefen Fall? No, I'm not surprised <laughs> by that because we had an absolute blast. That was on my list as well. Uh, Voices in my head is the other one. Yeah, the other ones that I had were um, Someone Who's Architects, mm-hmm. which uh, ended up I played it last year, so ah. took it off. Dreadful Circus, which might also might I'd consider replacing Sheriff of Nottingham with it because it's that good. Um, Planet Unknown. Okay. Which I'm surprised you didn't put on your list. Actually. It was on my short list. Yeah. Uh, Oracle of Delphi. To, I just didn't want to say all my short list. Goofy movie. Uh, Oracle Delphi didn't make my short list. Uh, Aquasphere did. Aquasphere did. Yeah. I liked Oracle a little bit better. The Spill. Rahas of the Ganges, the dice game. Dice Charmers. That one was um, pretty good. I all My Goods. It. Ispahan. Vegas all Showdown. My, all My Goods was on my short list. I didn't see Vegas Showdown on my list, but that would have made my short list. Because yeah. that one was actually legitimately yeah. fun. Uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, the dice game. I haven't played that one yet. One small step actually made my short yeah. list. But the one that I that I really had a hard time not putting on my list, Architects of the Coliseum. Yeah, I thought about that one, and I'm like, eh, hey, if it's going to be on anybody's list, it's going to be you. Yes. I like that li- I like that game. That was number nine. Uh, but I didn't want to put, like, 30 games. I, I ran out of room on my little 
yeah. uh, paper over here. That was my number nine, hands down. Um, hmm. My number nine would probably have been... Oh, yeah, I had Red Cathedral on this list, too. Yep. My number nine was probably going to be Foundations of Rome. Okay. I love the little bingo aspect of it and the, yeah, the building cool. up. It's just, I don't know if I would spend the money on that as as, nope. as pretty as that game is. It's yep. stupid expensive for us. Everyone who is. backed it, you know, I'll go play your copy. Exactly. Thank you. And luckily, we, we have a buddy who backed it, and I think our other friend backed it, yep. the, the newest yep. Kickstarter. Yep, probably. So I'm like, I got two people that own the game. I don't need it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we really don't. So any of the games that we listed, of course, definitely the top eight. But um, any of the ones that you and I listed as this little mini list, we highly recommend from mm-hmm. Everyday Board Games. Um, with that being said, we definitely want to thank you for tuning in. If you ever want to join us on one of our live episodes, like our friends So Very Wrong About Games, I3, or Creative Chaos, uh, I3 Skylark, then please join us at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames. As well as you can find all video re-uploads on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on that platform. Subscribe if you're not, like the video, and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. And if you ever want to email us directly, give us ideas for few upcoming episodes or just shout out, say hi, or enter in a future contest if mm-hmm. there happens to be. Um, email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. As well as you can get us in touch with us on our Twitter official Twitter account, at EBG Podcast, for as long as Twitter's around. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, yeah, good point. <laughs> we might have to redact this after a while. <laughs> Do we, did we buy a, a verified check mark uh, yet? No, no. No. Can't afford it? No, I don't want to afford it. <laughs> Yeah, right, but we could be verified. Anyway. I'm already paying one billionaire enough money when it comes to Amazon Prime. I don't need to pay another billionaire just to get right. a verified. Yeah, uh, if I'm going to pick my poison, <laughs> I'll go with this billionaire, I guess. Yeah, well, right. this billionaire actually gives me movies, so... <laughs> That's true. That's true. Muskie does not. No, he doesn't. Well, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming. <laughs>